Welcome to Transformation Simulation, the podcast about agile transformations and personal transformations. Here are your hosts, fraternal agile twins, only separated by four months, 100 pounds, meat consumption, and different parents, Alicia Yannick and Nathan Chawilawu Ashe. Hey folks, thanks for joining us for season two. We're going to start episode one by learning about what our new cast of characters is up to, what their work life is like, and what kind of challenges they're facing. The article, headline, VUCA Inc.'s partnership deal with tech powerhouse A1 Technology. Picture, two business people shaking hands and smiling. Story lead. VUCA and A1 create an application development partnership that should bring both companies increasing market share in their respective industries. Article excerpt. Thanks to our new partnership with A1 Technology, we are well within reach of new digital products and more diversified product offerings. And we should have our maiden application to start our product diversification within a 12-month timeframe. Over the next 36 months, This will lead to increased shareholder value and a recession-resistant product lineup as compared to our competitors. To our clients, partners, and consumers, we have heard you loud and clear. Thank you for your feedback. We are looking forward to providing you with the applications, service, and support you have been requesting of us. The conversation. The product manager walks up to the desk of the product specialist and places the printed article on his keyboard. After about 30 seconds of scanning the article. What is this article? Did you read it? I read enough. What does this mean for me? Means you and your team are going to be busy. So we're the team responsible for developing the first application of our partnership? Yep. Your team is the most talented and forward-looking team we have. You're the most knowledgeable product specialist in our organization. Flattery is of no value in this discussion. 12 months? Yep, 12 months. You have a status meeting in an hour, right? Should I come today to answer any questions? Uh, Not today. Let me share the article and information with the team. They will need room to digest this. It may not be good for you to show up after I drop this information in their laps. We'll get you on the schedule this week. 12 months, huh? I know, it sounds unrealistic. However, we've been lagging behind our peers for a few years in delivering products to market. We have to get to market much faster. I'm under this time frame also. We will work through it. It's we, not you. What about our existing work? It stops at the end of this project tomorrow, right? Right. Big changes. Big changes. And your team is a catalyst for the change. The status meeting. The product specialist forwards the news article to the team for discussion at the status meeting. Team, let's pivot a bit today. You should all have received the article from the product specialist. How about we take five minute break to read and then discuss? After a few seconds, the team begins to grumble. My goodness. What the? And were the team to design this? Oh, months? After more exclamations and mumblings, the five minutes ends. Okay, that's five minutes. Does anyone need more time? Why are we the last to know about this? Shouldn't we be consulted? I guess this means we're doing the work, right? 
Yes, and I agree with you. I'm frustrated about that also. I also just learned about our new partnership about an hour before all of you did. I wasn't consulted either. We have never launched anything within 12 months. We don't even know how to launch anything that quickly. It's been impossible for us. Looks like we're going to have to figure it out. Do you know what it is we are going to develop? From what I know at this moment, A1 is going to be the back end of an application that we design and develop to connect our services in Brazil, Austria, and parts of India. Back end is in data. What about languages? How many languages are we going to need to serve? Yes, back end as in data and probably a lot more. We'll have to figure out the language requirements. We've never done anything like this. We'll have to be better at planning. We can't do it. It's not possible. They should have consulted us. We aren't big enough. We also don't work fast enough. Every project we have is a big project that takes us about twice as long as our estimates to complete. I don't think we have the right work processes to be successful. Well, that script reading was the most excellent script reading and performance I have ever witnessed. Are there uh, are there awards for podcast readings? Well, <laughs> should, we, should we create some for our friends who don't generously donated uh, their time and talents to us? Yes, there should yeah. definitely be awards. I think I think we could probably make those. Yeah, but you know that that those that group of goofballs they, they, they'd be expensive. <laughs> they, they they wouldn't want some simple awards. So, so wowzers, I bet that team just, I mean, we could hear it, right? In their voices. It was right. just a wowzers, are you kidding me? That's, I felt like that was an, are you, you know, we talk about aha moments. I think we just read the, are you kidding me moments. Right, right. I mean, I can't imagine how that team felt. I mean. You can yeah. or cannot? Can Well, I can because I've, I've, I've been well, there. Been, yeah, I was going to say you've lived it, right? I've, I've lived it. Um, okay. But it's it's just tough to to know that all these changes take place. There's there's some some wheels or some mechanism working outside the team that's really the expert of the work or the thing that needs to be developed. And they're not even consulted and they're told they have to change. Well, they told they have to deliver something in a certain time period. Do you know when that used to happen to me the most? It would be at uh, trade shows. Really? So I would mm -hmm, very consistently. I would get uh, I would get information about oh we have a trade show in X amount of days or weeks yeah, I mean usually weeks right um, and and we we're, we need to have X Y Z ready and sometimes X <laughs> X Y Z hadn't even been on the radar mm -hmm. and so I just I think I have a little PTSD around trade shows <laughs> it's just because it was bad news it was the same situation where yeah. it was you got to pull a rabbit out of a hat yeah. Those are tough. I mean, you know, change happens when it happens. And um, I think um, I worked in an organization once that was heavily sales focused. I mean, you know, if, if nothing's being sold, if business isn't being generated, mm -hmm. nothing happens for the company. So sales had a lot of leverage to sign deals, yep. whether we could actually do them or not. Right. And then just based on that that sales funnel, we kind of had to run around and feel that demand and feel all the commitments and contracts that were, yep. that were signed. 
been there too, where it was, well, we sold functionality because we talked about it at one point. Mm -hmm. So therefore it should be ready. Such a tough place to be as a team. Yeah. Just super, really super uncomfortable. Right. And it, and it feels a little hopeless. I think I felt hopeless sometimes Mm -hmm. about being in that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a tough place for teams. I mean, we, we have this team that, you know, we're going to take through all of these episodes of our season and they're starting out. Nathan, that was a little fuzzy. You need to do a re-record of what you just said. Oh, really? Your okay. voice. Yeah, your voice <clears throat> dropped at one point. Oh, okay. Um, so this is tough for teams. You know, this team has just been told or just been made aware through media, through through, <laughs> <laughs> through an article. Right. That, that was a little rough for the team. Who wrote that? <laughs> if only we knew why the author did that. Where's the author? <laughs> like, that's just mean. <laughs> right. That happened to me once. I was at I a think, company. Was it? And, yeah. yeah. And they had signed an agreement with another company for this big web application. And it was my team that was responsible for delivering or integrating with this other company. And they had deadlines figured out and everything. And, and we didn't actually even know what the other company did or how to work with them or what we were even going to produce. So how'd you feel? Oh, I felt terrible. And if I had said to you as a coach, Hey, Nathan, you are right for a transformation. (laughs) <laughs> what would you probably have told me to do? I mean, in the midst, right, of feeling terrible, you have to go conquer a hill that you didn't even know was there. It, it all uh, deck seems stacked against you, kind of against all odds type situation. Yeah. What would you have said if I had come in as an agile coach and with my big, you know, my agile coach cape on? Because, of course, I run around with an agile coach cape on. And I had said, Nathan, you are ripe for transformation and this is going to get you where you need to be. Oh, man, I would have tried to prevent from saying anything that would have got me fired. (laughs) But it would have been a little bit like you and the horse you rode on, right? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Right. Right. So, well, our our cast of characters doesn't get to make that choice because, of course, we we manipulated that for them. But um, so. So did you, in that situation that you described where you and your team were on the hook for an integration and, and you didn't know it, you didn't know anything about it, right. um, Did you was Agile part of your toolkit at the time? No, not at the time. Uh-huh. Not at the time. In fact, I didn't have the, I didn't discover Agile um, until a couple years later. Um, so I, I fumbled through it using whatever traditional, whatever hack together traditional methodology right. that I use to get work done. Right. Yeah. Do you think if you'd, if you'd had agile as part of your toolkit and I don't know what the outcome was of the, the circumstance that you had, but how, how do you think agile might've affected that, that situation, that circumstance or that outcome? Well, I think it would have helped me. First of all, it would help me with mindset. Okay. Um, it would help me have a more, um, well, it's an agile mindset, an, a mindset that was willing to embrace the change. So more of a mindset of what is possible. Right. Given the circumstances, what is possible here as opposed to the crushing blow of nothing seems possible. Right. Uh-huh. It, yeah. And then I think agile would have helped me think in smaller increments because back then, I could I could only think in delivering in whole, 
you know, the, all, the, the entity, the whole thing, yep, yeah. the whole entity. But um, it, it would have helped me in that in that regard. And the other way I think it would have helped is, um, of course, is with my agile coaching hat on. It would have helped leadership really understand how to support the team. Even after all this has been going on, if the leadership helped to adopt an agile mindset and shield the team from distractions, support the team, clear a lane for the team, it would have helped a lot. So that's how it could have helped me. So since you just talked a little bit about leadership in the team, mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna ask you a question. Why do you think in that case, leadership didn't consult the team you're on with respect to well, what what is possible here? What What can we do? You know, I... <laughs> this is our podcast. We can say whatever we want, right? We, we, we can, yeah. <laughs> but we want we people can. to listen too, right? We do, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, now I'm curious about what you were you were going to say, but maybe well, we need to. I, I think that if if there's a possibility, you can sign a deal, get income coming in as a company, and create a partnership or something like that. Sometimes companies are notorious for doing that, whether they can or they cannot do it. And in, in my previous life, that's what would happen. They would, they would ink a deal, sign a partnership, sometimes whether they could or could not do it. I, I mean, mine too, right? I worked, we talked in season one. I worked mm -hmm. in a gob of startups on and off and startups that that's infamous startup behavior. Yeah. Yes, we can. <laughs> and and you put whatever bumper sticker behind it you want to that says we can go do this and we're all going to rally around and we're a family and we're all going to contribute to do whatever it whatever it takes, right? Whatever it takes to make this work. Right. And we're all in this together and I think part of me is really interested in why that happens, what's the motivation behind it, and what's the consequence of that bravado? Because to me, it's a type of bravado. And what kind of pickle and predicament does it look at us? Look at this simulate. What is it? What kind of pickle and predicament is our team in right now? Yeah. Right? They're scared. They are. Yeah. We heard that in the script. These are folks who are not comfortable, who are really scared. And Typically, when people and teams are scared, they're not doing their best work. Right. And we're going to see that in some subsequent episodes because they got to figure themselves out a little bit, which takes some time. Um, You've been in this situation before, right? I, um, which I situation? Where some deal is inked, you have to oh. deliver. Uh, yes, often. Yeah. yeah. Were you team member, manager, Both. leader? Both. Mm -hmm. yeah. the, any, any of those titles? Yep. Uh, as a team member, as a manager, as a leader, it's, I had, through a lot of it, I had Agile in my toolkit though. So there wasn't a lot of discovery for what do we need to do here? The discovery became what can we do given, given the circumstances? And that's, that's where the discovery, that's what a lot of the discovery conversations were about. Plus, I guess, well, that's kind of a smidge of a lie. Here I am. It's like, it's episode one and I'm lying to you. So we are setting the stage for how the rest of the season is going to go because I'm just coming out of the gate with a big fat lie. Um, I had Agile in my toolkit, but a lot of times my teams did not yet. Meaning uh, I was new uh, to the company and or 
we were in the very, very beginning stages of adopting, for me, it was usually Scrum, but adopting Scrum. And so the team was not comfortable with using those, that agile toolkit, if you will, yeah. to figure out how to solve for this. So uh, while I might've been comfortable as a manager or leader, I would say by and large, the teams were not. Now, w- one of the best situations I had, it was really quite lovely. Uh, the something got committed to for a trade show mm-hmm. and the team had been practicing with scrum practicing scrum for oh maybe 6 to 9 months and they just said okay what did we commit to what do we think that work looks like they just made scrum work for them right what do we think that work looks like how do we break that down what would we have to not do in order to be able to do this so they had discussions about trade offs And then at the time I was their manager and leader and they brought this information to me and said, here's, here's where we're at. So they Mm -hmm. didn't have that. They had a crap, why are we here again moment? But then they said, well, we know what to do with this. And so they just put it through the paces of scrum and came out with, this is what we can do. And they nailed it Oh, because they knew how to work it. So that, that was one of the most lovely, no one liked being, I guess it's like not really coming out of left field, but what's it called when you just feel like buffeted by the wind because someone just boom, here you go, yeah. go make this happen, deliver right. this, and and I think that didn't feel any better. Scrum doesn't make that feel any better, by the way. Agile doesn't make that feel any better. Kanban doesn't. There's nothing that makes that feel better. <laughs> but we, but the team had the tools to adapt to it, to rally around what they could do, and then to feel confident about communicating that back out. And to leadership, out and up to leadership. And what was super interesting is we talk about this a lot in Agile, and I hope I'm not getting too far off track, but we talk about the art of the negotiation that happens. And the team had confidence in the art of negotiation. So they didn't feel like their backs were up against the wall. I mean, a little, but they felt like they knew how to cope with it. And so it was was actually just awesome to see. Cool. Cool. That was a lot so, of words. It's well, that was that I'm, was I'm done. Now that was a really good um thanks for sharing that. That was a good experience. Did let me ask you, you this. You Were you say thank you? Now you're gonna ask me more questions. Didn't well, I, I have, just say it's your turn to talk? Well, I I am talking. <laughs> <laughs> so um even so when in your manager position also, mm-hmm. same situation. You weren't consulted, some was not. Yeah. Even in your leadership, I know you've had some leadership roles. You've had the same thing happen where you're not consulted. Something Mm -hmm. happens and you have to deliver or your Mm -hmm. team does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was there a question there? Well, I'm just making a point. I think I think that's just the way things happen. I don't know if in a real business sense, I think business people are always going to sign a deal if there's an opportunity. Well, companies have to make money. Right. Right. Um, and, and, and it depends on the, so let you want to dig into culture. It depends on the culture of the company. Right. Um, I will say that also in that really beautiful scenario, I just laid out for you. It was excellent. Well, thank you. Um, it got better. So the more we had the negotiations, the more leadership in sales were willing to come to me or the team first to say, what can, what can you do here? What is possible here? I want to do X in my off base. That took two years though. Mm. So that was 
a cultural transformation piece, meaning the team had the tools that Agile and I don't think we were doing much lean, but that Agile and Scrum provided. But we then we started to transform the culture and how people thought about getting the right thing out the door to the customer. And that yeah. took a heck of a lot longer. That was a, that was definitely about the two year mark. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, I, I think I shared that I did not have the agile, any of the agile tools or the agile mindset um, available to me when this happened to me. But because of because of this happening um, about two years later, when I had to go and search for agile, the other parts of the organization that I work with, um, they stopped doing that particular behavior of just signing deals and telling us we had to do something, they would actually come and consult us after after um, we started working in, in Scrum. What do you think the catalyst was for that? Well, I, I had to go and educate them about Scrum. Okay. And um, members of my team had to go educate them about Scrum, what it meant, what, what the agile processes were, transparency, um, inspection, adaptation and they really like that because they could always after we did that they can always come to us and ask us questions about what realistically we could do or mm -hmm. even about delivering they knew we worked in sprints they didn't really understand what it meant but other than we could actually release things um, or publish things um, on a weekly basis they knew that we could deliver something. Okay, so I was just going to say, it sounds like you established trust through consistent delivery. I think we did. Uh -huh. I think we did, yeah. Uh -huh. um, and that way they knew they could come to us and that work, even some small amount of work that we envisioned or they envisioned or they needed done could get done. So let's tie all this conversation back to the script that we just just heard. Mm -hmm. um, to me, what what you and I just discussed is hope for, or mm, I don't know if I say injecting or instilling hope that when you're given a kind of a difficult situation or what seems improbable or impossible, I firmly believe and have experienced that the agile toolkit uh, and all that it encompasses gives you it can give you what you need to figure out how to work through it. And we're going to see what this team discovers and then how they put into practice what they discover. Yeah. So there is, there is hope, I guess, is what you and I think are trying to say is that we've lived through what feels like hopeless. When you get the right tools for the job, you, you create hope. You do. And there's a little bit of trust with that in the long run. Right. And that there's yeah. a little bit of trust and that it can make a difference. I think that's the biggest, for me, that's the biggest thing for this conversation around episode one yep. is we probably all can associate to some extent with this scenario that we're talking about and that there, there is hope, there is a way to do things differently, even when you're presented with this situation, even when you're presented with a situation that feels hopeless, yep. there are tools that can help you. Yep, for sure. You know, one thing that, that just came to me, um, that we hadn't talked about before anything is that usually when every time this has happened to me, um, it happened one time on a really big level. And then it happened um, a number of times after that, but they were much smaller things. You know, they weren't big deals that would appear in papers or anything like that, but they were smaller efforts that the, that um, the organization knew that we could do is that um, 
there was I was I always had a team member or two that just did not deal with this kind of change very well. And um, I wonder if you had any team members like that. <laughs> no, You're never, smiling. not even one. And certainly not me. I mean, come on, Nathan, let's just move on. The, the short answer to that question is, oh, no, not ever. And I always rolled with change uh, with a smile on my face and said, well, let's see what we can do here. I was never resistant, ever. Really? How much no, wine have you drank tonight? No, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, I mean, but, yeah, of course. Well, what happened to your two folks? I had I had one guy that just would resist. He just did not like change. Mm-hmm. You know, and he would challenge it at every level and didn't want to do anything new. He, he developed his own way of interacting in the old way that we worked and he was comfortable there and didn't did not want to change at all and then if and then some of the projects they uh, well one of them was a project and the others were things we had to deliver they weren't projects um he didn't want to learn like anything new any new coding languages um any new stakeholders it was just (laughs) it was just his personality um but it made this 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 one person um and there was another one too but these these two folks made it very difficult when the energy of the rest of the team Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. moving forward Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good point it uh i had some folks who didn't make it along the way i had some folks who took longer to get comfortable with change. Um, Some folks in the beginning just said, well, let's see where this leads us. And maybe they were skeptical, Mm -hmm. but they were willing to give it a shot. I mean, across the board, but, but some folks who said to me, I don't like this, this feels like chaos. And they just didn't. And I said, then let's, let's work to find you, you know, how can I help you find whatever needs to come next kind of thing. And, and there were some folks who didn't like it and they weren't maybe as, open about it and they just quit and found different jobs or found different jobs and then quit. So I would say that nah, that that was a while ago. I mean, what is it that people say the only constant is change? change. We, yeah. And, and we say that, but man, the other day someone moved my cheese and I was pissy about it. <laughs> I was really fussy. I, I wasn't cool with it. And someone said, Oh, you're just, you're just fussy. Cause someone moved your cheese. And I said, sure. But I, I mean, I recognize it, but I'm still not happy that it, like, someone, I want that cheese. <laughs> it's like six happy hour. It's time for cheese and crackers. So it, even when you, even when we know it, it doesn't always sit well. And right. I think that we have to acknowledge that, that, Sure, I can say, you can say to me every morning, good morning, Alicia, which it'd be nice if you started the day by saying good morning, Alicia, by the way, versus some of the other stuff you say, just a little something. <laughs> but, but if you say good morning, Alicia, change is constant today. And I said, you, you bet, Nathan. Uh-huh. It sure is. Let's see what change has in store. It, it doesn't mean I'm, I appreciate it or that I'm willing to accept it with open arms just right. because I understand it. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it's it's tough whenever it happens, um, especially if it's just dropped in your lap. Uh-huh. It's not easy. Well, that feels a little bit like a a kick to the gut, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you're on the hook for something and you feel yeah. like you may not be able to deliver. Yeah. What do you think? Should we uh, 
should we see what happens in episode two? I think so. Should we see what our team team has going on? Yeah. Cool. All the music in our podcast is created by Gilpin Hill. That dude. Now that dude is great. He can play some music. I'm telling you that. Mm-hmm. Chris Tolino, also known as Sweet Tony, also known as One Take Tony, is the voice actor on our podcast introduction this season. Chris also played the role of Manager One throughout the season. And Chris, we thank you for both. Special thanks to our friends Bay Hall, Lauren Harrison, Eric Harrison, Arnold Panjanaban, John Amaranjan, Margie Morse, Ryan Babbage, and Shrikanth Reddy, who were all script actors for the episodes in this season. If you are looking for exceptional Agile coaches, look no further than this collection of great people. You can find this podcast anywhere podcasts are available. We are Alicia, Yannick, and Nathan Chawilabuache, the Agile Twins. If you have questions, comments, or ideas, you can connect with us at transformationsimulation.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you.